0: Section 28 of The Mysteries of London, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kathleen. The Mysteries of London, Volume 3 by George W. M. Reynolds. Tom Rain's lodgings in Locksfield nearly opposite to the house where tom Rain lived in brandon street locks fields there was a boozing ken well known to old death and shortly after nine o'clock on the same evening which marked the events related in the preceding chapter that cunning fence accompanied by toby bunce and the lad jacob were introduced by the landlord into a front room on the first floor of the said flash establishment jacob was ordered to station himself at the window and watch for tom rain to take his departure on the expedition devised for him by old death while bones himself and his acolyte toby seated themselves opposite a cheerful fire to discuss hot gin and water until the hour should arrive for putting into execution the scheme that had brought them thither Although the rain was falling with a mist like density, and no gas company had been enterprising enough to lay down pipes in such a neighborhood as Locke's Fields, so that there were neither stars nor lamps to light the street. Still the eagle eyes of Jacob could distinguish sufficient of the scene without, to quiet any fear lest the movements of Tom Rain should escape him. Old Death, moreover, stimulated his energies by means of a sip of hot grog and the lad remained as motionless at the window and as earnestly intent on his object as a cat watching near the hole into which a mouse has escaped well said old death as he sipped his liquor complacently i suppose we shall have no difficulty in managing this little job by and by jacob watched all day long in great ormond street until we joined him to come over here and the jewess never stirred out once did she jacob no not once was the answer but you knew that she was at home yes because i saw her at the window for a moment every now and then replied the lad speaking without averting his eyes from the street good exclaimed old death it is not at all likely that she has come over to tom's lodgings this evening or that she will come especially after the long sermon she wrote bones checked himself for he was not in the habit of being communicative with toby bunce and toby on his side never sought to pry into the motives or designs of the old fence by whom he was made so complete a tool who was there in the house besides mr rainford and the boy asked toby after a pause only the old widow woman that keeps it responded mr benjamin bones there cried jacob suddenly the door opens and mr rainford comes out he's gone all right said old death i suppose he's going for his horse wherever he keeps it i could see by the light in the passage when the door was opened that he had his white coat on and his great riding-whip in his hand remarked jacob it was a woman that held the candle because i could just catch a glimpse of her shadow and that's all you don't think it was the jewess asked bones i couldn't say because the shadow wasn't plain enough returned jacob but it's hardly probable that she could have got over here before us even if she was coming to mr rainford's lodgings to-night well said jacob observed old death you're getting a knowing lad you are and now you shall have a glass of grog to yourself what a whole glass ejaculated toby bunce in astonishment at this unwonted liberality on the part of old death yes a whole glass a sixpenny glass responded bones and having summoned the landlord he gave the requisite order the liquor was brought for jacob's express behoof and old death drew forth the money to pay for it but as he did so a paper with writing upon it fell upon the floor unperceived by any one save jacob the lad instantly drew a chair near the fire and as he seated himself placed his foot upon the paper which being somewhat dingy in hue he took to be a bank-note the landlord withdrew and the conversation was resumed between old death and toby bunce i hope betsy will have something nice for supper when we get back again remarked the latter she's sure to do that replied old death you ought to be very fond of your wife toby for she's very fond of you d'ye think she is mr bones exclaimed bunce i'm sure of it doesn't she take great care of you rather too much was the reply which came from the bottom of toby's heart then perceiving that he had uttered something which seemed to imply that he had dared to form an opinion for himself he hastened to add not but what's it's very kind of her to keep the money and my watch too and everything else in her own care because i know i'm an old fool no you're not an old fool toby interrupted bones but you want looking after ah uh, it was a blessed day for you when i recommended you to marry that virtuous well-conducted pattern woman as one may say who is now your wife i had no interest but your good and hers i'm well aware of that mr bones cried toby and you've been an excellent friend to us i'm sure betsy respects you as if you was her toby was about to say father but he remembered that old death did not like to be reminded of his age and so he substituted brother well well said bones i've no doubt of what you tell me and so long as you're happy together that's everything toby smothered a sigh with a deep draught of gin and water old death poked the fire and jacob availed himself of the opportunity to stoop down and pick up the paper which he dexterously conveyed to his pocket unperceived by either of his companions but a sudden disappointment seized upon him for he could feel that it was too stiff for a bank-note and was moreover folded like a letter the time passed away and at length old death after consulting his watch declared it to be close upon eleven o'clock. There were no lights visible in the house opposite, and it was therefore determined to commence operations without farther delay. Before we leave here, said old Death, remember what you are to do. Jacob and you, Toby, will put on your masks, rush in, shut the door, and make the old widow secure. Then you, Jacob, will come out and fetch me it won't do for the woman to see me at all because i'm so tall that if she described me to tom rain when he comes back he would know who it was directly but as there's nothing particular about either of you he can't make you out from description we'll take care mr bunce how the thing is managed said toby the trio then quitted the public-house and while toby and jacob crossed to the other side of the street old death walked a little way on the coast was quite clear and a profound silence reigned throughout the neighborhood toby bunce and the lad stopped at the door of the widow's house slipped on their black masks and knocked in a few moments the door was opened by the widow herself quick as lightning the candle was knocked from her hand and the scream that half burst from her lips was arrested by a large plaster which toby instantaneously clapped upon her mouth the poor woman fainted through excess of terror and was borne into the nearest room where jacob hastened to strike a light having succeeded thus far toby remained in charge of the landlady while jacob hastened to fetch old death in a few moments the lad returned with that individual and the front door was again carefully closed the widow continued in a swoon and toby did not give himself any trouble to recover her do you remain here said old death addressing himself to his mirvidan bunce and if the woman revives and attempts to struggle or any nonsense of that kind give her a knock on the head just to quiet her but no more all right returned toby rejoiced to find that he had only a female to deal with old death then took the light and followed by jacob cautiously ascended the stairs they entered the front room on the first floor it was a parlor very neatly furnished but no one was there the boy must be in the back chamber murmured old death and thither they proceeded having opened the door as noiselessly as possible they advanced slowly into the room but scarcely had the candle shed its light upon the bed when they beheld the boy the object of their enterprise cradled on the bare and beautifully modelled arm of a female also wrapped in slumber and whose coal-black hair spread itself over the white pillow and partially concealed her glowing bust the jewess whispered jacob in a rapid concentrated tone old death instantly shaded the light with his hand and retreated from the room followed by the lad but at that moment a loud knock at the front door was heard and simultaneously a piercing shriek burst from the apartment below where toby bunce had been left in charge of the landlady old death muttered a terrible curse extinguished the light and hastened downstairs as noiselessly as possible jacob following with equal caution the back way murmured old death but first go and help toby who was in some trouble or another with the landlady jacob darted into the front room and as it was quite dark he stumbled over a chair the struggle between toby and the landlady who had succeeded in getting off the plaster was now renewed and releasing her throat from the suffocating grasp which her assailant had upon it she screamed for help a second time the knocking at the front door was redoubled and in a few moments a light gleamed from the head of the stairs perdition murmured old death it is the jewess then rushing into the front room he exclaimed come off this moment and he was about to beat a retreat by the back way when the house door was forced in with a vigorous push what the devil is doing here cried the well-known voice of tom rain as he banged the door behind him and drew the bolt who was screaming what oh tom is that you exclaimed a melodious though excited voice on the stairs there are thieves murderers in the house and the half-naked lady with her coal-black hair floating around her shoulders and over her bosom suddenly appeared at the turning of the narrow staircase holding a candle the light illumined the small passage below and showed tom rain standing with his back against the front door and with a pistol in each hand a third scream burst from the parlor rainford rushed in and encountering toby and jacob dragged them or rather hurled them as if they were two children in his grasp into the passage there the light revealed to him their countenances for their masks had been torn away in the struggle with the landlady and rainford was for a few moments so astounded at the recognition of Old death's agents or confederates that he was unable to utter a word the villains the murderers the assassins cried the landlady rushing forward with her hair all in disorder her garments torn to rags and the blood streaming from her nose shall i go and fetch a constable mr rainford no i thank ye returned tom leave me to manage these scoundrels here my love he continued addressing himself to the jewess who had remained half-way up the stairs give me that light and do you retire to your room i must speak to these rascals in private my good woman he added turning once more to the landlady have the kindness to go up stairs and keep my wife company and fear nothing now that i am here the two women hastened to obey these injunctions and rainford provided with the candle made an imperative sign for toby bunce and jacob to precede him into the room from which he had dragged them a few minutes previously answer me directly said tom in a stern resolute manner as he closed the door behind him and deliberately drew forth the pistols which he had thrust into the pockets of his white great-coat when he first entered the parlor to rescue the landlady answer me directly either one of you i care not which what brought you here jacob knows best mr rainford replied bunce eyeing the pistols askance no i don't said the lad in a sulky tone you are game to your employer i have no doubt jacob ejaculated rainford and now toby bunce answer for yourself or by god i'll shoot you through the head in short what brought you here at this moment there was a low knock at the room door against which tom rain was leaning who's there demanded the highwayman me replied the sepulchral hollow voice of old death ah the plot thickens said tom and opening the door he gave admittance to mr benjamin bones it's all a mistake tom it's the wrong house exclaimed old death you don't know how annoyed i am you don't indeed well i confess i do not said the highwayman coolly and it will take you a long time to persuade me that you are speaking the truth if it was the wrong house why didn't these people of yours tell me so when i first questioned them because i saw you would not believe me cried jacob hastily and i was so flurried by them barkers added toby pointing to the pistols i'm not such a fool as you take me to be observed tom rain without being able to fathom your intentions i can smell treachery as easy as i could gunpowder how did you find out that i lived here you must have had me dogged and watched old death and perhaps the very job you sent me after to-night was a mere subterfuge to get me out of the way fortunately i did not wait for the yellow chase because i picked up something better the moment i reached blackheath and i thought i had done quite enough for one evening's work so i returned without delay lucky it was that i did so but am i to have an explanation of this affair or do you mean us to break with each other for good and all what can i say what can i do to prove to you that this is all a mistake cried old death sadly perplexed between the fear of complete detection and the dread of losing the valuable services of the highwayman i will tell you answered tom after a few moments consideration let these two followers of yours go their ways and you and me will have a little discourse in private a sudden misgiving a horrible suspicion flashed to the mind of old death could rainford mean to murder him why do you hesitate demanded the highwayman penetrating his thoughts do you suppose for an instant that i intend you any harm why you miserable old wretch he added with a proud contempt which rendered him strikingly handsome for the moment i would sooner blow out my own brains than defile my hands by laying them violently on such a piece of withered carrion as you are unless you give me ample cause old death's lips quivered with rage but subduing his emotions as well as he was able he made a sign for toby bunce and jacob to depart this hint was obeyed and in a few moments bones was alone in the room with the highwayman what is it you require of me asked the old man in a tremulous voice for there was something in rainford's tone and gesture which alarmed him i will explain myself to you said tom when we first knew each other you boasted that all your transactions were conducted with so much caution that none with whom you had dealings even knew where you lived was it not so very likely very likely returned old death but what of that simply that as it suited you to keep your place of abode secret from me so did i wish that my residence should remain unknown to you Answered Rainford. Now mark me, Mr. Bones, or whatever the devil your name may be, you shall have no advantage over me. Hitherto our compact has been fairly kept, but at length I find you practising falsely towards me. You need not interrupt me with vows and protestations, because I shall not believe you. But I tell you what you will do, and this night too. What? groaned old Death. You will place us on even ground you will give me the same advantage that you have gained over me in a word you will take me straight to the place where you live and you will show me your stores where you keep all the property you receive or purchase from those who are in league with you i-i have no stores said old death and as for my lodging i-i have no settled place i sleep sometimes in one crib sometimes in another all lies ejaculated tom in a determined tone you have enormous dealings with all the housebreakers and thieves in london you have said as much to me and you have boasted that they are ignorant of your residence now then you have a residence and i swear that before i am six hours older I will know so much about you that you shall never dare to practice any treachery towards me. What treachery could I practice against you, Tom? asked old Death in a conciliatory tone. I will tell you, replied Rainford, you boast that for thirty years you have monopolized the business offense to all the people worth dealing with in London, and, during that time, you have never got into a scrape but how could you have enjoyed so wonderful a safety so uninterrupted a security unless you now and then sacrificed yes sacrificed an accomplice or two i ejaculated odeth starting in spite of himself yes you rejoined rainford fixing his eyes sternly and searchingly on the ancient villain's hideous countenance do you think that i am unacquainted with your real character do you suppose that i was at a loss to understand you even the first moment we ever met that flippancy of manner that off-handedness that reckless indifference which characterize me are a species of mask from behind which i can penetrate into the deepest recesses of the hearts of others i know you as well as you know yourself or nearly so at all events i know enough to render me cautious and wary and by the living god you shall never have an opportunity of selling me to save yourself tom my dear tom exclaimed old death now actually frightened by the other's manner and astonished at his words you cannot think of such a thing seriously so seriously do i think of it replied rainford that I will drag you into the pit if I am destined to fall. So now, without another word, prepare to reveal to me all the mysteries in which you have for thirty years enveloped yourself. And if I refuse, said Old Death doggedly, Rainford deliberately cocked his pistol. You have inveigled me into a snare. You have sent away those who might protect me. And now you seek an excuse to murder me, exclaimed Old Death his voice sounding like ringing metal did i not say ere now that i would not harm you unless you give me just cause demanded rainford and think you that your refusal to comply with my present wish does not constitute such just cause you have discovered my lodging which it does not suit me to leave on that account you may also have found out that i am not alone here i know that a certain jewess is your mistress said old death with a savage leer. for all the vindictive passions of his nature were aroused by the conduct of the individual who dared to coerce him him who had never been coerced before a certain jewess repeated rainford surveying old death with a singular expression of countenance yes esther de medina added bones esther de medina is as pure and innocent as the babe that is unborn cried the highwayman with impassioned emphasis then she must be your wife said old death liar thundered tom rain rushing forward and seizing the ancient villain by the throat then as if ashamed of the sudden transport of rage into which he had suffered himself to be betrayed he withdrew his hand and said in a more quiet but still determined manner mention not the name of esther de medina with disrespect or i warn you that my vengeance yes my vengeance will be terrible and now prepare to lead me to your place of abode for i am wearied of this long parley he again drew forth one of his pistols which he had consigned to his pocket when he rushed on the old man in the way just described you'll repent this mr rainford said old death endeavouring to impress the highwayman with vague and undefined alarms you see how evil your nature is since you can threaten me thus cried tom but i care little for your menaces i have but two alternatives to choose between one is to blow your brains out at once the other is to get you as much into my power as you have got me into yours either way will answer my purpose so now make up your mind which it shall be the people in Locke's fields wouldn't take much notice if they heard a pistol fired and there's a pretty deep ditch at the bottom of the yard behind the house old death shuddered for there was something awfully determined in the highwayman's manner well and if i take you to a certain place he said how do i know that you will not split upon me trust to me as i shall then trust to you ejaculated rainford shall we not continue to be necessary to each other and on my part i shall at least experience more confidence since i shall know that you cannot ruin me without bringing destruction on yourself be it as you say growled old death and fixing his greasy cap upon his head he prepared to depart one moment while i say a word upstairs said rainford and hastily quitting the room he locked the door behind him scarcely a minute elapsed ere he returned to the great relief of the old man who had begun to entertain serious misgivings at being made a prisoner there are marks of dirty boots upon the carpet in the bedroom above said tom confronting bones and fixing upon him a searching look what were you doing there i was not there began old death quailing beneath that glance damnable liar cried rainford i have half a mind but no he added checking himself time will show what your purpose was in invading this house and i shall know how to punish any treachery on your part and now mark me you will lead the way and i shall follow you avoid great thoroughfares had we not better take a coach asked old death no we will walk be it to the other end of london replied the highwayman resolutely i shall follow close behind you beware how you attempt to address yourself to a soul whom you may meet beware also how you trifle with me but stay i will have a guarantee for your good faith give me your pocket-book my pocket-book ejaculated old death with something approaching a shudder yes your pocket-book replied rain i know that it contains bank-notes and memoranda of value or utility to you, and I will retain it in this house until we return from the expedition on which we are about to set forth. Come, quick, I have no time for idle delays. My pocket book," repeated old Death with increasing dismay. Do I not speak plain enough? demanded the highwayman. If I cannot make myself intelligible by words, I may by deeds. So permit me to help myself to the article I require it will not be the first time i shall have rifled a pocket he added with a merry laugh do you know that you are treating me in a manner that i never experienced before said old death his hideous countenance convulsed with rage i can very well believe what you state returned tom rain coolly hitherto you have had to deal with men whom you got completely into your power whose lives hung on a thread which you could snap without endangering yourself who were mere puppets in your hands and did not dare say their names were their own oh i am well aware how you have played the tyrant the gripping avaricious grinding miser the cruel relentless despot but now now mr bones you have another sort of person to deal with a man who will be even with you anywhere and everywhere and who will never let you gain an advantage over him without acquiring one in return who are you demanded old death in strange bewilderment that talk to me thus why thomas rainford to be sure cried the highwayman laughing yet with a certain chuckling irony that sounded ominously on the old fence's ears and i need not tell you he continued after a few moments pause that i am rather a desperate character who would as soon shoot you in the open street ay or in the midst of a crowd too if you attempted any treachery towards me as i would ease a gentleman of his purse upon the lonely road but we are wasting time give me your pocket-book old death's courage had gradually oozed away during this strange colloquy, and he now mechanically obeyed the command so imperiously addressed to him but suddenly recollecting himself as he was about to hand the pocket-book to the highwayman he said there is one letter here just one letter which i should like to keep about my own person well take that one letter returned tom and beware how you endeavour to secrete anything else old death's hand trembled as he unfastened the clasp of the greasy old pocket-book and when he had opened it he sighed deeply as his eyes alighted first on a roll of bank-notes then he turned the papers over one after another and clouds gathered thickly and more thickly upon his countenance this is strange very strange he muttered as he fumbled about with the letters and memoranda what is strange demanded rainford that i cannot find the letter i want returned old death with increasing agitation surely i cannot have lost it and yet i remember now i was referring to it this afternoon and-oh yes i recollect i put it into my pocket but the search in his pockets was vain the letter was nowhere to be found come there's enough of delay in such like nonsense exclaimed the highwayman snatching the pocket-book from his hand again rainford quitted the room locking the door behind him and in a couple of minutes he returned saying your pocket-book is safe where no one will meddle with it till we come back it is now past eleven let us set off come you go first old death led the way and Tom Rain followed, the latter conveying some pleasant intimidation, as he closed the front door behind him, about an ounce of lead in the other's back, if he showed the slightest sign of treachery. End of section twenty-eight